what I essentially do is I will pick a topic around a course that I think will sell. And I'll do a podcast on that topic, either with a guest or with myself. And then what I do is I post it on my social media. Hey, people, just released a podcast on insert topic. Comment below if you'd want the link. Now, sometimes they get zero comments. Sometimes they get 100 comments, right? right? The ones that get zero comments shows me there's not demand for it. Even though I'm interested in it, most people aren't. The ones that get 100 comments, okay, great. There's some demand for this. Let me put this together. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Today, I'm joined from Sydney, Australia. We have multiple times winner of the Australia Fitness Education of Educator of the Year, apologies. Uh, and we've got a co-founder and director of the Fitness Education Online business. Uh, welcome to the show, Jono Petrohelos. Paul, I'm super excited. You you nailed my surname, which uh, you're probably the first non-Greek person to do it. And I'm super excited because it's 7 a.m. over here. I believe it's 8 p.m. or something over there, but 7 a.m. over here. So nothing's hit me down yet. So you got me at the best time and I'm super excited. Awesome, mate. Well, let's uh, let's see where this takes us, eh? <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, then we've got a lot to talk about: online courses, fitness instructions, all sorts of wonderful stuff that you do. Um, but could you give us a bit of a background? You know, what got you to where you are today? Yes. So, long story short, I used to be a personal trainer myself. Right. I used to run a, a boot camp. I worked at a franchise, and at this franchise, there were like seventy-five different other boot camp locations all across Australia and New Zealand. And we were actually ranked poor on a scale of 1 to 75 on how good we were compared to the others. Now, take a guess what do you think I was ranked? Starting off, I should preface. Started there, one's the best, 75 is the worst. Take a guess. (laughs) You're either going to love me or hate me. I'm going to go with uh, (laughs) mid-60s. You're too kind, Paul. 75, right? (laughs) I was dead last. And also, it wasn't like – so I was the worst boot camp instructor there. Uh, and not, it wasn't like I thought I was the worst boot camp instructor there. Hmm. It was statistically proven. Like I'd log onto my dashboard and there was a pie chart showing you where you're ranked. Right. That's how you know you suck if there's a pie chart telling you. <laughs> how bad you are. Uh, but I loved it. Like I really liked it. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the year, we had to go to like a, a conference with all 75 different other trainers. And I had to have a meeting with the franchise owners. And they're like, Jono, you're a nice guy, but. You're not that great at running a boot camp. You know, what's going on? And I essentially just came up with a whole heap of excuses. I'm like, oh, it's not my fault. You know, it's all this competition and Mm. there's people running online programs and this gym's opened up down the road for $5 a week and it's been rainy. You know, I'm in Sydney. It rains in Sydney. And and also you guys are meant to be You're doing a franchise. You're not giving me the support. You're not giving me the sales. Basically, I came up with every excuse in the book. And probably made up a few as well. I think I blamed the government, whatever I could. <laughs> and the the owners were like, look, Jono, we got some good news and we got some bad news. The bad news is as a boot camp instructor, you're not very good. But as the good news is you can do something about it. Because at the moment, you're sitting here blaming everybody else but yourself. Maybe it's not the competition's fault mm-hmm. that you suck. 
Maybe it's your fault you haven't done enough to be better than the competition. What courses have you done? What mentors have you hired? What books have you read? And I was like, oh, I've actually got to upskill? I thought I just did my initial things and then that was enough. And they're like, and, and the sales and the marketing. Like, all well and good to blame us, but what sales and marketing have you done yourself? And I'm just like, oops, <laughs> good point again. Yeah. And they were like, look, Jono, your, your position's safe, but what we want you to do for this next 12 months, just stop blaming other people. Just take some responsibility. If you're not good at something, go and do something about it. Go and take a course on it. Go and read a book, whatever it may be. That's that's what we want you to do. So that was my focus for, for that year. And I took it to the next level. I was like, right, any little thing that I don't know, um, you know, I'm going to implement it and improve it. And I'm going to have a ridiculous um, emphasis on the customer. And I'll even just share a quick little side story here because this, this might help. Yeah. Like those rankings were based on retention. So say right. I had a set of 20 clients. Mm. Um, the, the number was how many of those clients came back for the next 12 rounds. It was like right. a 12-week challenge kind of thing, right? Mm. And, you know, I used to think, oh, people won't, like things come up, you know? Like, for example, um, you know, a client moved out of town, right? right? What can I do? She moved out of town, you know, not my fault. Yeah. Uh, but I took it to the next level. And I was like, all right, no, I'm taking responsibility for every single client here. If someone moves out of town again, I'm still going to take responsibility for that. And I'm going to be like, okay, well, if I was really good at running a boot camp, they wouldn't move out of town to get a new job. They would turn down that job and stay at my boot camp because a good job, you can get it anyway. But a boot camp like mine, I'm the only place you can get it. Now, whether I could do that or not is another story, but that's kind of the mindset I went into where I'm like, this is the, the level I'm going to play at. Yeah. Uh, fast forward 12 months, went back to that same conference ball. Now take a guess what the, the ranking was there. Uh, now I'm really going to insult you if I say mid-60s, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> I, I? I'm going to put you in the top top five at least. Yeah, yeah, number one, right? So went from 75 to one, went yep. from 20 clients to 100 clients, and oh. then also opened up a, a second location within a few months from that. Um, and then, you know, continued for another year, same sort of results, stayed at number one of the ladder, grew clients again. And then it kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry, I should should go back a step as well. A big reason why I was able to improve was from taking courses. Right. Right. It was, and, and I that's where I got the sort of I got the kind of um, I, I got really involved in courses, right. mainly face to face at the time, opposed mm -hmm. to online. Right. But the way I kind of looked at it is like I remember when I came back from that conference and I did a course on you know how to run a boot camp. It was three hundred bucks or something, a, a two day course. And as a result of that, I, I picked up clients immediately because I learned a few marketing strategies. I learned a few retention strategies. I learned a few workout strategies. And each client was worth about 300 bucks to me at the time then anyway. Mm. So it's kind of like I paid $300 for this course. And as a result, I probably made $1,000 back. Right. This is great. Let me do another one of these courses. So I did another one and then same sort of thing. Learned some new techniques, new techniques. And I just kept upskilling from there. And they kind of built on each other. And I was just like, these course things are great. Uh, but after about two years of that, I was like, I was still doing these different courses. And I'm like, look, these courses are good. And I'm always learning something. But I feel like I could put something together that's either better or at least different right. than anything else out there. Because I had a, a specific, um, I ran more the boot camp side of things. And mm. a lot of the courses I went to, let's say it was a course on how to use kettlebells. Right. Right. But it would be more for people, in, for personal trainers in like a gym setting yeah. or in like a one-on-one -on -one setting. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's just different. Like, let's say um, if I was training you, Paul, and it's just you and me, okay, great. There's a million different exercises I can do. I can have a few different kettlebells. There's so many different things we can do. But if I'm in a park and I've got 20 people, yeah. I can't bring 20 kettlebells down to the park and yeah. I can't get 20 people doing Turkish get-ups and snatches and clean. So that's where I kind of saw a bit of a gap. I, I could, t- like, when I was doing the courses, I would kind of do it in my head. I'm like, right, this is how it works in the one-on-one, but let me put it together in my head to, to, to see how it would work in a boot camp. Mm. Let me implement that in a boot camp and see, oh, no, that doesn't work. Let me make some changes. And that's um, th- that's where I could see the opportunity. So I was like, right, you know, let me let me put one of these. Let me um, look into putting a course. Mm. So I was like, how are we going for time? Do you want me to keep going here? Or no, no, it's all, it's all good. good. No, okay. Okay. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was like, right, I want to put, uh, I want to look at getting one of these courses together because I right. feel like I could put something better or, or different out there. Uh, but I didn't want to do it face to face. And this is going back, this is nine, 10 years ago, you know, right. it was way before COVID. So online courses weren't a, a massive thing. Yeah. So I was like, look, I don't know if I want to put together a face to face workshop. Cause I was, I was working really hard on my boot camp. I was working Monday to Saturday anyway. The only day I had off was Sunday. And I'm like, do I really want to run a session on, run a workshop on a Sunday, my one day off? And, and I was like, now I've got to find a venue and hire the venue and market it so people come. And, you know, and, and what happens if I do all that and no one comes? Right. You know, I've wasted my time, my energy, I've paid the facility. And I was like, you know what's worse? What if I do it and only one person comes? Then I actually have to run the, the session yeah, for, right. for one person. At least if no one comes, I have the Sunday off, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right. Let me look into this online kind of things. And I had no idea in the on. I was I was a fitness guy. I right. wasn't a, a tech guy, right? Mm. So I did a bit of re- went on Google, you know, create an online course, blah blah blah. You know, got on the phone with someone. They were like, "Yep, yeah, we can create a website for you with all the the functions for an online course. It'll cost twenty thousand dollars." And I was like, "Ooh, you know, I don't really have twenty thousand dollars, and even if I did, it's a bit of a risk on on this thing here. So I might park that to the side." Um, but then I was kind of, you know, I was still in the back of my mind. I was scrolling through Facebook one day and an ad popped up to, to purchase an ebook. Now, once again, 2014, 2015, I was a fitness guy. I didn't know what an ebook was. Yeah. So I was like, oh, an ebook. That's interesting. Let me, let me purchase this. Uh, so, you know, purchased it and I'm going through it. No, I can't remember what it was, but I remember it was good, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at it and I'm like, hold on. This is just a Microsoft Word document saved as a PDF. I'm like, I'm a technological dunce, <laughs> but I know how to open Microsoft Word and yeah. save it as PDF. Yeah. I don't need to be a publisher or, you know, have a have a um, be an author or anything like that. I just need to know how to open Microsoft Word, type what I know in there and save it as a PDF. Yeah. So I was like, maybe this can be the, the online course. Right. So open Microsoft Word and put together this really solid ebook. Not for, for everyone listening, it's not like a you know, today ebooks are like a two-page PDF or something. Like yeah. this was this was a course, right. or, uh, like a uh, uh, almost like a chapter of a textbook. You know, it was it had everything you need in there. For personal trainers, is this? For personal trainers, yeah. For personal trainers. Oh, sorry, yeah, should have clarified that. No, no. So it's it was you know I um, yeah it was it was a course for personal trainers to take. Yeah. And so I did that, and I'm like, I'm happy with it, but there's one problem. It looks like a Microsoft Word document. <laughs> Same <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, all right, let me take the night off work. You know, I gave my classes to someone else or whatever for that night. And I spent all night working on this document, making it look better, more presentable. 
and I made it look worse because right. I had no idea. If, if you're not comfortable with Microsoft Word, it's hard to edit. Like yeah. indents come in and page breaks and the font changes. And I was like, what am I going to do? So I went to my old friend Google and I was like, you know, how to edit Microsoft Word or whatever. And it took me to the website Fiverr. Now, right. you're obviously familiar with Fiverr, Paul. I'm guessing yep. your, your listeners are as well. Once again, 2014, technological dunce. I had no idea what it was. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because back in those days, you could get anything you want done for $5. Yeah. And that's because I believe in, in the UK, that's your slang for five. You say five pounds. Oh, that means, yeah, yeah, five five pounds. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I really <laughs> found that out like last year. I was like, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, there were all these people that would do anything they want, anything you want for $5. And I remember this one specifically, Paul. He said, I will slap myself in the face if you give me $5. <laughs> And I was, I was like, this can't be true. So I purchased it just, just to check if he would actually do it. And within like five minutes, he sent me a video of himself slapping himself in the face. And Amazing. I was like, wow. Like the things people do. I'm like, this, I'm like, but I'm like, to be fair, this guy must be an idiot slapping yeah. himself for, for $5. But then I got thinking, I was like, hold on. He didn't send me a personalized video that right. said, hey, Jono, here's a slap for you. He sent me an unlisted YouTube video. Right. I went back and looked at that unlisted YouTube video. It had half a million views on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, this guy slapped himself in the face once. And it's selling it on YouTube half a million times. <laughs> sold it. Uh, five, I, I, can't, I, can't, I think it was actually 100,000 times. Um, you know, sold, sold it 100,000 times, made half a million dollars from one slap. Yeah. And, I was like, and I thought he was the idiot. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the idiot. Right, I'm the idiot paying him, and I'm the idiot that's you know slaving away when yeah. it's so when it's so much. There's so much more effective ways to leverage your time online these days. Hmm. So anyway, I found someone else five dollars to edit the document, but that also showed me. Hold on, I can get some video content in in my thing as well. Right, let me take a video of me demonstrating and explaining some of these topics here. Hmm. So if someone's not a reader, someone's not a um, you know a, a um. Yeah, if someone's, on, if someone's learning style isn't reading, they would have hated that 80-page document or whatever right. it was, right? Yeah. But now if I can strategically insert different 10, 20-minute videos, great, you know? Those audio people or, or visual people can actually watch it and, and get it there as well. So that's how that was the first course, right? It was Microsoft Word document, was unlisted YouTube videos, sent to Fiverr, someone to edit it for $5. That was yeah. the first online course. Um, so $5 production value, sold that course for about $300 a pop, right. uh, and did really well. You know, did that course for you know, a couple months and then created a level two and then another course, another course, and obviously improved the courses and, um, made them better and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but long story short, that's what I've been doing the, the past 10 years. Now I've got over 40 different online courses. Uh, the business generates about a million dollars a year in revenue, which I'm very proud of. Nice. Uh, and a very leveraged business as well, because mm. there's very little coaching. It's right. mainly just online course space there. Uh, and the thing that I'm probably most proud of is me and my business have won the Australian Fitness Educator of the Year twice now. And that's I, I'm proud of that from an online business, right? Because that's that's everyone. That's if you're you know you run a face to face, you run a face to face workshop, you run a right. personal training certification, um, you do one on one coaching, like. I'm really proud that an online course that's pretty much hands-off yeah. can has been awarded better than those ones that that involve the the hands-on. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> amazing story and, and uh, you know there's loads of that I, I mean I'd love to talk to you separate to this about online courses anyway but uh, um, just want to pick up on a couple of things there there's obviously something there that's um, driven you to delve into online co or courses in general and then extract the really good stuff how, how many of those experiences in the early days were uh, let, let's not say worthless but certainly you know you the, the the bad value from a course perspective oh yeah now what sorry are you saying from me creating the courses or no no for, those early ones where you were learning from them did, did you did you think all of them were great and picked up a load of stuff oh. from each one of them or, or were there some that were real duds out there oh no look i'd say i took something from every single one right. every single one i was able to take one thing even if it was not what not to do right right and I'll even share a, a specific example here, just one that comes to mind. Right. One of the first ones I went to, it was a face-to-face -face one yeah. where, you know, you, you got in the room or whatever and everyone sat down and they were like, all right, you know, to start with, we're going to do some networking just for a minute, you know, turn to the person next to you and, and get to know about them. Right. And I was all right, great. Turn to the person next to me and they'd gone with the person next to them. Right. Yeah. And then I turned to the other way and no, went to the person next to them. <laughs> And it was uneven numbers. So I was just right. sitting there like an idiot for a minute. And I used to be quite shy back then. Right. And I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah. What if they ask? And then you had to stand up and say what you learned about the other person, this yeah. and that. And I was like, oh, I hope they don't ask me. I'm going to have to say that I didn't meet anyone and I have no friends. And everyone's going to yeah. think I'm a loser. And even just that there, that still sticks with me because right. that's a big part of boot camp as well. Yeah. Like if I'm running a boot camp for other people i need to make sure that everybody is happy there and everyone feels part of it mm. because i've seen situations before where that's happened in a boot camp someone doesn't have a partner they just get up and leave and never right. come back yeah so but anyway to, just to answer the question like i would always take something out of it 100 percent, i'll take something out of it yeah um but a lot of the time yes it was okay look this could be good like that idea there, that works well in theory get people mm. to know each other but i feel i can make that a little bit better if I just implemented something different there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a wonderful take on, on anything really, where it's like there's a lesson to be had there, even if it's a lesson yeah. as to how this could uh, could be improved. I mean, I, yeah. I, um, I've got a general um, view of success when it comes to courses or any sort of educational piece. And because uh, my career has always been in a business, I've always been employed yeah. by someone else. And then because of that, courses were always part of work. And they're also paid for by yeah. work. And so there was never that direct link. And I wrote something down here earlier on, which is about that li direct link that you found between I pay $300, I got $300 plus back. Yeah. I can see that intrinsic value right there. It's a, yeah. I found oh, my experience in, through a work perspective is always a bit different. Firstly, I'm not paying the $300 up front. So it's yep. like I, I'm not personally invested. And then yep. secondly, I can't you know, see the link between that course and, and the benefit that I had for the, yeah. for a lot of courses. Yeah. And I uh, had a reflection a while back when I was living in New Zealand, actually, which was a, something like that is successful if it changes my behavior. Yeah. Love it. And it's just like, it, otherwise it's just interesting Yeah, at, at best. <laughs> and so a course yeah. can be interesting at best, but if it changes your behavior, it's, it's done something right. Um, and and that, one of the key ones that I come back to a lot of my time, I, I uh, did a course from a guy called Dr. Richard Allen, who's on facilitator training. And the reason I mentioned oh. that was he was very much into that psychological safety before it was even a term, you know, but making yeah. people, you've got to make people feel comfortable if they're going to be learning. Oh. Yeah. And just that simple act of get into twos or threes yep. instead of getting into pairs. 
yep. you know, is yep. or get into small groups. And yep. you can't yep. go wrong if you get into a small group. You know, if there's if there's two of you, if there's one of you, you're a very small group. <laughs> but if, yep. if you yep. know, you, you can then join a group of four and make a small group of five. You know, but yep. if you if you say right, get into even numbers, and there's <laughs> odd numbers, somebody's yep. going to be feeling pretty damn shitty off the back of that. So uh, yeah. Lots of little lessons like that that can make a huge difference to your audience. And then you've got the specialist material or the understanding of what's the technical side that you're bringing to that, be it personal training or facilitation or whatever. So lovely stuff. <laughs> 100 agree. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the, 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 fit, the fitness education online in terms of who it helps and how it yep. helps them. Yep, gotcha. So... Uh, still personal trainers. So that first course was, you know, how to run a successful boot camp. Yeah. And then kind of kept building from there. He's level two. He's a kettlebell course. He's a medicine ball course. Um, you know, he's a power bag course. And this is me and a business partner as well. Right. The audience is, is always the same. It's personal trainers. Originally it was just Australia and New Zealand, but now we've also expanded into the U S and just recently, um, the UK as well. Right. So those original courses were pretty much just me and my business partner putting them together. And mm. we probably put 10, 15 courses together. Mm. Uh, but the problem with that was then we had everything we knew in a course. There was right. nothing else left to create. Right. And we had built a decent audience from people that liked our courses and they would ask us questions. They're like, guys, you know, we've done some of these courses. They're good. But what we really need is a course in nutrition. That's what we want to get better at. Right. What we really need is a course in training older adults. That's the demographic I want to train. What we really need is a course on training pregnant and postnatal women. That's the demographic we want to train. Yeah. The problem with that is me and my business partner didn't have that skill set. Right. right? But we had the audience and we had the network. Mm. So what we essentially did from there was like, all right, who's already got a nutrition course? Okay, right. This person already has a nutrition course. Let's see the reviews. Let's talk to them. What's the price point? Great. That's a good fit with our audience. Let's pair with that um, person that has the nutrition course there. Let's get that on our website. 50-50 split. Right. Right. We did that for a while as well. And that was good because it gave us um, more courses to provide our, our clientele. Hmm. The problem with that, though, is it did dive into the revenue a little bit. Because now instead of taking 100%, you know, we're giving 50% away. Yep. So what we pivoted to in the last couple of years was more running online summits. So let's say our older adults course. Mm. I don't have that skill set. My business partner doesn't have that skill set. But there's a huge demand for it with personal trainers in the world. Yep. So what we did is we put together a summit because we knew the topics people want. And we can speak about that as well if you want in terms of how to um, pick the topics and how to, um, you know, get the the, the see, get, get the topics that people want. Right. But anyway, we, we knew the topics that people wanted. They're like, hey, we want an older adults course. These are things we want in there. So me and my business partner just sourced different experts and essentially said, hey, Paul, we see you're an expert in fall prevention. Would right. you want to give a 60-minute presentation to our audience? We'll pay you $300 for that pre or between two to three hundred dollars for that presentation, uh, you can you pr sell your programs at the end of it, whatever it may be. Uh, mm. But we keep that content and we can add it to one of our courses. Right. So we just source, you know, five, ten different experts with the with a different specialty there. Paid them X amount of dollars for their time. We've now got that course, and then we can provide that course um, to all of our demographic there. Mm. So they're kind of the the different courses we. They're the different types of, I guess, um, the different ways we deliver the courses. Yeah. In terms of the the streams, they're essentially in three different things. They're either a business-based course. So a personal trainer will take that course to get better at business. Yeah. Right? There's a huge demand for those sort of courses there. 
um, there's another kind of stream, which is all around specific populations. So training older adults, training pregnant women, training kids, um, training women, training menopausal women, you know, those kind of things there. Huge demand for that as well, because every personal trainer is essentially a business person. That's kind of the way the industry works. You get your own clients, yada, yada, yada. Um, But most personal trainers don't like business. They like Mm. training people, right? So they probably should do the business courses, but they lean more towards these kind of special population courses. So that's yeah. another big yeah. thing as well. Um, and then the third stream is like specific pieces of equipment. You know, you want to use kettlebells, battle ropes, medicine balls, resistance bands, power bags. So they're kind of the the three different streams that we we teach there. Um, in terms of, I might even just touch on the, I guess, how we analyze the courses to see right. if they're they're good courses. Yeah. And I guess there's two sides of things. A, there's the sales side of things. We, from a business side of things, we want to make sure these course sells. And yeah. if anyone's listening to this and wants to create a course, that's the major thing. It like doesn't matter how good your knowledge is, if someone doesn't want to buy it, you're not going to sell any of them. And there's there's strategies around that as well. Mm. But that's kind of step one. Let's make sure that the course sells. The strategy I use for that, I'll share the strategy I personally use, and yeah. then we can we can go back and forth if, if other people want to use something different. Yeah. Um, is, is a podcast. So I love podcasting myself. I've got a podcast in that in the fitness education online space as well. Yep. What I essentially do is I will pick a topic around a course that I think will sell. And I'll do a podcast on that topic, mm. either with a guest or, or with myself. And then what I do is I post it on my social media. Hey, people, just released a podcast on insert topic. Comment yep. below if you'd want the link. Now, sometimes they get zero comments. Sometimes they get 100 comments, right? Right. The ones that get zero comments shows me there's not demand for it. Even though I'm interested in it, most people aren't. The ones that get 100 comments, okay, great. There's some demand for this. Let me put this together. Right. So that saves me because in the olden days, I would just put a course together yep. and it would take yep. me months and it would sell zero amount of it and I just wasted months of my time. This protects me a little bit, but I'll go deeper as well. Even though I've got that idea, I don't immediately create the course straight away because I want to sell it first to even more prove there's demand. So let's just use, let me use an example. The the recent course that we've done, uh, that that, um, we've put together, is all around the best ways to fat loss principles, right? So here's the best exercise, the best nutrition, sleep, yada, 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 that personal trainers can can use. So that one there. So step one was putting the podcast together. It was was doing a podcast and posting it there. Right, there's some interest. What I'm going to do now is just put together a sales page. Hey, people, I'm thinking of putting together a five-week course all around the best ways to lose fat that you can give to your clients. Here are the five topics that are going to be covered. Uh, I'm going to get a speaker on each one of these topics here. It's mm-hmm. When it's all put together, it's going to be 500 bucks. But if you want to get on now and attend the calls live and whatnot, you can get it for just $97. Right. Right. Yep. Now, a couple of things are going on there. Once again, maybe nobody buys it. If nobody buys it, I don't put it together. Don't right. waste any time. I don't want to pay the experts if I'm not going to make it back. All right. Yeah. Um, but what usually happens is people will buy it because I've done a bit of podcast research. And let's even say, whatever, 20 people buy it. Okay, great. There's $2,000. That outlays the cost that I would pay the, the presenters. And then at the end of those five weeks, I've got the course that I can then, that I own 100%. And I'll take 100% of the, the revenue after that. Right. So there's a few things going on there. But the, the, the message there I, I want to kind of give to the listeners is I wouldn't just create a course and try and sell it. Do some market research on your own social media. 
because they're the people that you're going to be selling it to. You know, it doesn't really matter if other people are buying it elsewhere or whatnot. I'm going to try and sell this thing on my social media. So I need to see what my audience wants there. Um, and I'd also recommend you know, selling it before creating it. Right. The first time you create it is like a, you know, a live kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got it on demand and you can fix it up later. And that brings me to, to my next point. The way I kind of assess how good these courses are is there's a feedback form at the end of every course. And I put it before the assessment as well. So, because I want the feedback and the students want the certificate, you know, they want to say, yeah, I'm qualified in kettlebells or whatever. So I make sure that I put it before then. So, you know, they they have to essentially fill it out. And I ask, I try and keep the feedback form as simple as possible, but I'll just share the the major questions that I've got in there. Number one is what did you like most from the course? Right. Number two is give it a score from one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best. Number three, if it was less than a 10, what could I have done to make it a 10? Right. Right. Now, very specific reasons why I include them. What do? What did you like most about it? Gives me a bit of an idea. Okay, yeah. what have they got in there? So I make sure that I don't take that stuff out. Yeah. Um, score from one to 10. My goal is a 10. Right. I, I want the average score to be a 10. At the moment, it's about a 9.4, which is pretty good. It's not mm. bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want every single person to, to do it a 10. Um, but in saying that, I don't care too much about the actual number. Yep. What I care more about is what they've put in the next box. What could I have done to make it a 10? Because that's how I constantly improve. And I'll just even, I'll just have a look because I've got it up here. And I'll just share even a couple of the things because it might help with um, with some of the, the thing here. So, okay, so say if I'm just looking at some of the feedback here, a lot of 10s, but here's one eight. Some of the presentations were quite long. Great. That's right. some good feedback for me. Okay, instead of putting an hour presentation there, maybe I should chop that up into 20-minute ones. Right. Or maybe people don't want five-hour you know, long things. Maybe they want 10 shorter ones. It gives me some, some kind of ID there. Um, some of the other feedback here. Let's have a look. Um, I wish there was more real-life scenarios. That's in the older adults course. Okay, right. great. Let me get some older adults on podcasts or, or whatever it may be. But, but either way, like... Whatever that thing is, it, it, it's feedback. If someone just gave me a five out of 10 with no feedback, I kind of ignore it, right? Yes. It's like, well, what could I have done? Yeah. But if someone gives me a nine out of 10, but gives me three dot points I could have done better, I don't really care about the nine out of 10. I want those three three dot points. And that my kind of goal is, all right, if I just keep doing this, eventually I'm going to run out of things. That, you know, eventually <laughs> I'm going to tick every box. There's going to be nothing else someone says that says you can improve this course because I've gone in there and, and I've implemented it. Either yeah. that, or you're going to get that the balance of some people are going to want more detail and longer. Some people are going to want yeah. snap, snappier and well, overview. but 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 I'll, but I'll tell you what. Yeah. Even with that, my goal is to kind of um, cater to both of those people. There, right. what I've found is it's a bit more. I found most people do like the shorter. Like I've never had. I, I wish it was was longer. It's always been shorter. But what I get sometimes is the difference between video and written. Right. Some people are like, oh, I had to watch like hours and hours of video like would have been great if i could just read it or if there was a you know summary there and then some people are the opposite with 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 some courses that are more written based look it's just so written i'm not a reader would have been better if there was video there my take on that let me do both right Give and then the, in the intro video you got yeah. the option yeah. hey you can watch the videos there's five six hours of videos whatever it is or here's the ebook you can watch you can just read through the ebook the information is exactly the same. And the ebook will also have links to the videos if you want to watch them. Um, the information is exactly the same. 
totally up to you. If right. you're a video person, watch the videos. If you're a reader, read the thing. You want to do both? Do both. Have the video playing while you read the thing there. That's kind of my goal. I want to try and... That's how I look at it now. I, I want to keep every... I don't want to pigeon and just be like, ah, I can't keep everyone happy. I want to be like, how can I keep everyone happy without taking the content away kind of thing? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful approach. And, uh, and yeah, with the tech that we've got these days in particular, it, we can make that work pretty yeah. easily as well. You know, even things like, you know, the, the opportunities to get the text direct from videos and yep. you know the, the the ai that comes to to write all that yep. for you even as you hundred percent yeah. this is literally it paul you can yeah. just you can use otter right to yep. and i think there's even other ones as well to transcribe the podcast plug that into chat gpt you know hey here's a podcast that i did can you or here's, here's a presentation someone gave can you um summarize it so it's more readable as a blog right boom yeah wonderful <laughs> yeah. um yeah maybe let, let's switch things around a little bit then and ask you a different question um what do you do to help yourself perform we've talked a lot about um you know you, you going and, and reaching out and going to online courses in particular uh, is there any other way that or any other ways that you help yourself perform do you have coaches mentors um, specific things that you like to do yes good point so yes so there's a couple of things i do um i'm a huge reader slash podcast listener Right. So I always, the first 45 minutes of my day is either reading 45 minutes or listening to a podcast, depending right. on kind of, kind of what mood I'm on there. I find that's enough. That's, um, that keeps me current. You know, right. I feel if I'm doing that, I'm never really going to fall behind. Mm. I'm also a huge conference person. So okay. my favorite way to learn at the moment is via um, conferences. Mm. And there's a couple ones that I'm going to next month, actually. So I'm going to San Diego in the US to go to Social Media Marketing World, which is nice. a conference all around social media. Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to one called Post Podcast Movement uh, Evolutions, I think it's called, which is all about you know podcasting and, and that yeah. sort of thing there. So they're my favorite ways at the moment, conferences, because I do so much online stuff at the moment. Yeah. It's actually better for me to, you know, go around to other people and network and see people live and, and that kind of thing there. Um, in terms of specific coaches, I usually do work with, with someone in a, like there's an area that I want to get better at. And right. then I work with someone at, at that particular um, area. At the moment, I'm, I'm just speaking to two people now. I want to get better at podcasting. So I've hired a, well, I'm about to hire a podcast mentor who's going to yeah. help me with that. Um, and I also want to be more engaging as a guest. So I've actually hired a comedian and I've got the first session today in, yeah. in a couple hours, actually. Yeah. So, you know, so if we did this, if we do this again next year, hopefully it'll be, it'll be funnier. Um, but yeah, they're the two things I, I'm working for and working on for myself. Yeah. Oh, well, I am. Um... One of the podcasts that I listen to regularly um, over in the UK here is called Jokes with Mark Simmons. Um, and he's a stand-up comedian, brilliant stand-up comedian, but has a, a podcast where he talks to other comedians about jokes that they can't get to work and they sort of dissect them. And the thing that That's I love... That's awesome. It, yeah, the thing that I really love about it is it's the craft and the dedication. And you you know, you know see people on stage and think, oh, they're funny. They're, gonna, they're talking about the rhythm, the precise wording, where do they put that joke in the in the sequence? You know, how do they position themselves on stage? Got so much around goes into the dedication and the craft of doing comedy. I'll I'll, I'll send you the details off. The I'm, back I'm of looking it up right now. <laughs> what, what, did, what did you say the name was, Paul? Jokes with Mark Simmons. Got it. Yeah. Subscribed. Yeah. Well worth it. <laughs> um, wonderful. And 
let, let's ask a, a couple of different questions then. If you could help anyone with the skill set that you've got, an individual, a team, an organization, who would you want that to be? Oh, that's such a good question. So I actually now, because my skill set was originally helping fitness trainers, right? Yep. Now I'm kind of um, not in the fitness field myself. I prefer like the online side of things. So I am doing a little bit of that now as well, kind of people that want to create an online course, helping them put it together. Yep. I haven't mastered that, and I haven't kind of decided that yet. I know it wants to be – it's got to be something around helping people with online courses. Yep. The tricky part with – like the easy part about helping personal trainers, because it's that one niche, that one occupation, uh, and even that one kind of sub-niche if we're talking boot camp, I know Every single thing I can mm. tell them word for word, the sales script, word for word, the marketing script, exercise by exercise workout, how to explain that exercise, the mm. warm ups to put in, the cools down to put in. I can give them the actual materials. Use this photo in your ad. You know, mm. here's, hey, here's my home workout plan. You can just sell that on to your clients or give that to your clients. Like, it's so easy to do that. If we're talking just general course creators, I can't do that because if, if I'm helping one person who's a guitar teacher and one person who's a relationship coach and one person who's a you know blogging coach, like they need slightly different things. So I haven't been able to kind of master. I haven't pinpointed that yet. That's still a, a journey for me, but one day I will find something there. Um, if I had to go specific people, I do. So my favorite conference is Social Media Marketing World. Because right. that's one that kind of changed um, my life. So I've always had a dream to like be a speaker there. So maybe that if I had to give an answer, whether it's, you know, helping social media uh, examiner with their online courses or whether it's giving a presentation there and helping that audience there, mm -hmm. that's that's the best answer I can give for now anyway. Brilliant. Well, if there's anyone listening from there, make sure you hook John up. I'm sure he'd be happy to. So. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. Um, and flipping that question on its head, then, if you were able to sit down and have a coffee, have a, have a drink, Tony have a Roberts. meal with Tony uh... Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, actually, actually, sorry, I'll give you two. Yeah. No, yeah, actually, no, sorry, it's probably shifted from Tony Robbins, Alex Hormozy. Okay, I'm not aware of Alex Hormozy. Can you tell me that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think he's actually the best marketer today, because uh, very smart guy, but he's so good with his content that he's able to dumb it down so that anybody can kind of understand. And I think that's one of the most important skills. If you're very uh, educated at something, yeah. it's very easy to get really excited and use big words and get into um, complex concepts. But the issue with that is you're only speaking to the, the people intelligent as you, you know, mm. which if you're that intelligent, it's very few. He's able to, to just um, break it down really well. He's got a book called $100 Million Offers which is literally the best book I've ever read. I bought it on Amazon for 20 bucks. I, I've paid $5,000 courses that aren't as good as right. that $20 book on, on Amazon there. And the other reason why I really respect him, he it was initially a fitness guy. So he used to run a gym and he yeah. came up with this really genius model, marketing model for a gym. And then he put that into an online course yeah. and sold it to other gym owners. And he was ridiculously successful at that as well. And now he's now he's moved on from that and he's helping kind of all entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I see it as like a similar journey to what I want to do. It's like he had that demographic and he's gone from that demographic to that demographic. Let me do the same thing as well. Wonderful. I'm sure he could teach you a few things and he'd oh. probably, probably learn a few things from you as well, John, no doubt. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one. 
I definitely learned from him. Um, and finally then, how do people find out more? How do they reach out and contact you? Yes. So best thing, if you're listening to this, you're probably a podcast person. So I've also got a, a podcast. It's called the Course Creator Community Podcast. Um, and I've also got one of the largest Facebook groups in the course creator space, which is also called the course creator community. I'm not, uh, I'm not Mr. Fancy names. So you yeah. know, just, just type that in anywhere. You could find me personally, John Petrahilos, but that's probably hard to, to spell for most people. So just go course creator community and you'll see links from, from all over the place. Looking back, I should have, I should have done the Gary V and just called myself John OP. Right. That would have been easier, but too late now. Oh, you can always time to rebrand. You never know. True. <laughs> well, I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes, and uh, I do encourage everyone to to um, check out John O, check out his podcast, and uh, and maybe join this community and, and see what you can learn from that space. So, John O, an absolute pleasure talking with you. Really appreciate your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day whilst I enjoy the rest of my night here in the UK. So thanks for coming on. Awesome. I'll leave you to get some sleep, Paul. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review, and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com. <laughs>